talking on it And I'm probably drinking tea Shooting the breeze in the hope that you care Who could it be? Skeleva it or not, it's just me Hello Skeleavers And I'm not going to say hello to the non-Skeleavers or the soon-to-be Skeleavers Because I believe that if you're listening to this episode, episode 3 of my podcast You are a Skeleaver you know, and you've come far with me, and I appreciate it. I really do. This week's guest is the amazing Rebecca Lucy Taylor, who is a... I've known her for a long time. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, I've never really had the opportunity or reason, really, to sit down and talk about her life for an hour, but um, I did, and I really enjoyed it. I think we both took things from it. Uh, but she has, you know, you have these friends, and you forget that, actually, they're very creative people, and they've been through a lot as well, so... It was nice to kind of just reflect on all of that stuff that she's been through. Um, she's been in Slow Club for many a year now, and now she's uh, just started her solo project, Self Esteem. So yeah, I feel like I know her even better now. So this has been good for me, and I hope it's good for you to listen to. But, you know, let's get to it. Before we get to it, <laughs> just a quick word to my soon-to-be sponsors. In my last podcast, I thought I made myself very clear when I said I was looking for sponsors and that I would do anything, really, for uh, a small amount of cash. I haven't heard anything yet from anybody. No kebab shops, no soda companies. So um, if you're listening now, uh, please get in touch. I'm sure you can find my details. And I will literally sell, you know, flea spray, dog food, pajamas, stamps, Christmas trees, sex toys, hats, butter, board games, fruit holidays, wheels, cardigans, cagoules, Blu-ray DVDs. I mean, anything, really, I'll, I'll put my name to. Um, I don't have any shame at this point in my career. So without further ado, and my apologies for yabbering on. That I mean, that's not a word, is it? Yabbering, is that a word? This is my chat with Rebecca Lucy Taylor. Rebecca Lucy Taylor, the one, the only... <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm all right. This is weird though, isn't it? Yeah, we've known each other for a long time now, haven't we? So it's, it's strange that I'm interviewing you as a talented person. Yeah, it's weird. I've been waiting for you to admit that I am for yeah. 15 years now. But only recently I thought maybe actually it's worth... Because you've been through quite a lot, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, you started as a... What did you want to be as a kid? I wanted to be a rock climber. And then that turned into wanting to be an actress. Ah, the natural progression. <laughs> I don't think you can get paid to be a rock climber, can no, you? No, did, I, I didn't realise that it wasn't really a career. Mm. And I think I probably would have carried on wanting to be a rock climber, but I saw Fame, the musical, right. at the Bradford Adelphi, I think. Mm. Auntie Julie took me. And then from then on, I was like, shit. I want to sing and dance and prance around. And, and you did that for a bit, right? You were in a couple of Witches of Eastwick, were you? I did a lot of... I did a lot of amateur dramatics, Matthew, yes. At what uh, age? really rose to the top of the amateur dramatic scene. And then, so from about, uh, well, when I was 12, this is a good story actually, which explains a lot of my problems. Okay. My, me and my friends were all at school doing all like, we're always in school plays and things like that. And then Dinnington Operatic Society. Dinner? We're doing Oliver. Ah. Oliver was played by Ryan Sampson. Okay, I'm trying to get him on the show actually. Yeah, yeah. He's come he's come a little way since then, but Yeah. Uh, so me and Ryan and our gang of friends, we were all auditioning for it and like Oliver he was assuring for Oliver that was fine, but then they were having all Fagin's boys be like girls as well, it didn't matter. Oh that's good. And it wasn't like a, a sort of gender neutral thing. It was just more like they were making them look like boys because there was no boys auditioning. Oh, I see. But I went with all my friends, but I had like big boobs and looked like a woman. And they, at 12, said, you look too womanly to be a Fagin's boy. So they, they felt bad for me. So I was put in with like literally like the wenches that do like um papa and stuff. <laughs> Is that, was that a, uh, an upgrade then or a... Well, no, you, it was a da- Well, it? I was like, all my friends were over there in Fagin's gang with like mm. flat caps and like scruffy clothes on, having a great time. Time of their life. 
and I was 12 years old with like so mad social anxiety didn't know how to speak to adults they were all amateur dramatics in Yorkshire being like everything is a um like a I can't think of one I can't think of an innuendo but it would literally would turn anything into something sexual I had no idea what that was at all I was really like late bloomer Mm. and I was being I was having to go I remember them doing um papa and we all had jugs with nothing in it like jugs of water or whatever um and you meant to pour and we were to like sit on the men's knee and pour booze and be like um, papa, um, papa, everyone now it's like that all that and they were like you need to be more tactile with the men and i'm 12 like ah, i'm so scared no, but, but how but the the people playing these lads were well, it was just like men what fully grown men Fully grown men, yeah. But I looked so old and mature. Oh and, my god! And yeah. I was so sort of. I, it's hard to believe, but I was actually like super duper shy and fucking shit scared of everything. It was horrible, and I do think that's my that's been my problem sexually <laughs> because right. I was like, I don't get this, and also this is terrifying, and I'm out of the bloody loop from the off. Were you the youngest one there? That's others. Oh, yeah. Other... Well, there were kids, but everyone else was like, we even had different rehearsals. And those shows rehearsed for like six months before they were on. A massive chunk of time, twice a week. And everyone, everyone's like bonding like crazy. And I just wasn't part of it. It was, it was so horrible that I wanted to cry. And that it's more theme. real to the, the time, you know, maybe at that time there would have been blokes having 12 year olds. But maybe that's, they were being spill beer really, on. really, no one like touched me inappropriately or anything, by the way, it wasn't okay. that. It was just more they, you know, that was just how it was. But it, it didn't put you off though, did it? Well, no. What was your next it's show weird after that? that? It didn't. Well, then I and then I pretty much consistently was like youngest girl with a speaking bit in in about three Dillington operatic shows. Do you know? Um, and then I then I moved on and did Sheffield operatic shows, which was where, and then the next thing from that. I did like my A levels, and then I was like, "Oh, I'll just," because because you start being the best in a in your little pool. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, I'll go to London and get into drama school, and then I'll be on the West End." And obviously, I didn't get into a single drama school. Well, at so, all. so you actually applied for different. I went and auditioned for about five, which everyone does, and pretty consistently. Like, if I'd have tried hard enough, I'd have got in to somewhere, somewhere, whether it was like Bradford College, yeah. <laughs> but I would have done it, but. The year after a year out, if I'd have tried really hard, but me being lazy and unable to take criticism, I just went that year. I worked and started the band, and then the band was sort of like we got yeses instead of noes. So just before the band, you were an extra in Shameless. Is that correct? No, I wasn't in Shameless. Not Shameless. You were in uh, Phoenix Nights. Phoenix Nights. Yeah. Right. That was the same gang. (laughs) How did that come about? Because I also went to like a Saturday night drama club, Whoa. which you actually paid like £8.50 a time for. It was only an hour. My dad used to have to sit outside in the car. Ryan Thompson's mum took us one week and my dad would take us the next and we shared it out. And that it also was an agency. So also on that, I did get a job as head monkey in the Twits when it came to Lyceum. So that was a pro job. Not paid, <laughs> but I did miss my sats for it, so that was good. Okay, so you wanted you set off to be an actress, you'd yeah, say, yeah. but then which? What was your first band? Because it wasn't Slow Club, your first band. No, was Slow it? Club that I'm referring to, which I start in my year out, which in which I should have been like training to get into drama school. Mm. I didn't do anything, and I just played gigs. And I'm lazy. I'm it seemed easier, so I t- went down that road instead. And before Slow Club, uh, Lonely Hearts was that yeah. the name of the band? <laughs> so that that was my band through. Sixth form, mm. where I played the drums. What did you ever see Lonely Hearts? I don't think I ever saw you live. I remember hearing a lot about it. Some of the boys, obviously, um, that went to your school that I know used to talk yeah. about. I think they were in it. It was like Chambers and. No, 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 no. So <coughs> Chambers and Paul. In fact, that was pre Lonely Hearts. So pre Lonely Hearts had a band with a name I don't want to say because it's so shit. Okay. Um, we were called the Devlin Project after the... Chris Devlin. Chris Devlin. Though. Can you remember? So this is like so teenage and random, <laughs> but we there was a lad called Chris Devlin in the year above who was actually so alleged <laughs> and still is. Right. Um, and so we called it the Devlin Project after Chris fucking Devlin. He must have been flat. 
Yeah, but it's all relative, isn't it? It's just like you're in this stupid bubble of sixth form. But he wasn't in the band then? No, no. Oh, okay. We were just being random. <laughs> so, yeah. There was a Devlin project, then you went on to Lonely Hearts, you played the Yeah, drums. they sort of overlapped, and then Lonely Hearts was actually felt like tangibly cool because the boys I was in it with were at uni. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so we were playing gigs at house parties. Jeez. Yeah. And that's where you got your first taste. Um, yeah. That's the first of time. The high I had life. A, that's the first time I had an ambulance out for <laughs> drinking too much alcohol. For you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was bad. How old were you? Oh, I was like eighteen. It was quite okay. late on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then you went on to Slow Club. And then we started. So, so I got Charles into singing the Lonely Hearts. So there is recordings of Lonely Hearts with Charles as the front man. Ah. In a leather jacket and brogues. And what made you go, oh, fuck the rest of the band. Me and Charles are going to go off and, <laughs> and become the slow club. Well, we, I think at the time we were just a bit more thirsty for it. And the music tickled my testicles a little bit more, I think, at the time. Which is weird to say now because I can't bear that music we made at first. <laughs> it's... It's so bad. But it's... by the time I loved it, and I was singing, so I, I was relinquished from being sat at the back of the stage on a drum kit. I soon was at the front of the stage behind a drum kit, which was even harder and worse. More, more worst. Bad. More worst. Worster. 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 Yeah, uh, you didn't... Because uh, Charles didn't go to your school or anything, did you? You met him at some kind of workshop, is that yes, right? Yes, an African drumming workshop. African drumming? Mm-hmm. So you... So in Rotherham... They used to Roth- do it. African drumming in Rotherham. Yeah, so when Rotary, you were yeah. gifted and talented. Red letter day, was it? <laughs> you know what? Get the I chance want. to bang a drum. <laughs> oh, he's been promising me to take me African drumming all day. <laughs> all year he's been promising me. Oh my god. So you, you on the whim, you went on your own? <sighs> no. They had like days where you didn't have to go to lessons and you'd do shit like African drumming all day. Or we did a Spanish one where we had to do a Spanish soap opera and we filmed it. Oh my God, that was amazing. So I, I think it was like putting, I assume it was something to do with the council trying to encourage, because maybe we were in a shit bit of town yeah. that no one ever got out of or something, I don't know. Didn't feel like that. But So Charles and I were on the same African drumming, gifted and talented day. And that's literally the first time you met him? Yeah. And I don't. I didn't speak to him that day, but I had my best friend at the time was always had boyfriends. Like every week, she had a new boyfriend, and she'd li- uh, she sort of exhausted everyone at Wales, if I remember rightly. And Charles did walk in, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, who's he?" Just because he had like a cool top on and stuff. So they started going out, which was basically meant like M- MSNing each other and going to Meadowall at the weekend. Metal she had a 16th birthday party and invited me and by that time we weren't really friends as friendly anymore but I still went and I was a bit nervy and I just spoke to Charles all the whole of this party about Jeff Buckley and Damien Rice so were you 16 at the time? Mm. wow you've known Charles for a long time then though. Mm. Mm. So that, that, and then we talked about music a lot then he was doing his GCSE his A level <laughs> music and he had to do write and record a song and he got me in at Thomas Rotherham College to sing his song ah. that was about that girl Okay. and so I sang that and while I was there he was like oh, I've got this other song I'm sing on this and then I was like a harmony junkie so like and boys at that age can't believe you don't understand what harmonies are so I was singing like a third above him and he was like was blowing his mind <laughs> and you were just mates there was no because usually at a party or something, if you're chatting music, you're getting on with each other. No, we Was it ever like a flirty yeah, thing? Or never. it was just always... Genuinely, even though I have sex with everyone I meet, um, <laughs> it was never that. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Or did you say so true? I said it's not true, no. It's but, quite uh, true. <laughs> well, yeah. But I didn't. It was never, ever, ever that with Charles. Yeah. And I don't think it was ever that for him. I think I've asked you this... Lots of times before, in the hope that I'll get something where you no, go, well, I wish there was this yeah, one time. No, I wish there was. You've always said that there was nothing there. Which Gen- I think, genuinely. do you think helped, though, in the long run? No. What do you think you'd be better doing a Fleetwood Mike type? Well, he just never loved me enough. I <laughs> that ended up being the problem. <laughs> so, 
I don't I don't know. I confuse everything for love in all my relationships and and uh, I suppose it helped that we never confused it because it it meant we never we never sort of fell out but it also meant we've never had an emotionally charged sort of like showdown. Mm. So then everything goes into the unsaid world of passive aggression and what a that's when you get me getting all the way to 30 thinking ugh I'm so angry about so many things, but it's too late to even start yeah. addressing them. So in a way, I wish we had just like got off in like 2009 and then like fallen out and and worked through it, much like you and I. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you um, when did you officially become slow club? About then, about 17. You um, named it. Oh no, probably 18 actually, and then 19 was the year I had it out to train for my glittering acting career. Uh, and we just did loads of gigs. And then, yeah, and then it used, we, we used to play at the green room called, and it was, it was called the Charles Watson. It was just called Charles Watson. Oh, right. Okay, and that was yeah. my first taste of being like, <clears throat> even then though, I was like, yeah, no, fair enough, it's Charles. I'm like, actually, I'm singing like just as much, if not more. You were the shadows to Cliff Richard. Yeah, yeah, I was. And still am in many ways. But we was doing Lonely Hearts gigs, but I wanted to call the Lonely Hearts Slow Club because I'd watched one David Lynch film and thought I was like incredibly mm. sort of smart. Um, so we called that Slow Club instead. And it went on much longer than all the others did. Because you, you were gigging, weren't you? Because I, I was at uni at the time and you kind of avoided uni and just spent three years gigging the shit out of yeah. places. Because that was the other option. I'd got a... And I'd got into like two unis that were like letting me defer and then defer again. I deferred three years and then never went to Sussex to do media. <laughs> yeah, probably made the right decision yeah. there. Um, but you, so at what point did someone go, oh, do you want to record a song with us and we'll release it as an LP or yeah. a single or? So we were gigging and then we had this awful manager that was horrible, uh, just me. And we would tell Chelsea he was a genius all the time. So even then, I was like, I don't want to do this much longer. And I was going to go to uni. And then we toured with Hot Club to Parry, who mm. were like, they're still one of my favourite bands ever. That album is still one of my favourite albums ever. And they were just the first people we'd met outside of Sheffield. First tour we'd done. We and they were like, uh, sack the manager off. Um, come and do a single on Washi Washi. And so we met Michael and Stephen, who then just managed and put us out. And, and you banged three albums out? Oh, so you were going to say, and you banged three out of four <laughs> Hot Club to Perry members? <laughs> no, you uh, you released... Um, <laughs> We've done four albums, you crap friend. Four, right, no, so we got um, Yeah So, yeah. the first one, uh-huh. and then... I've just said brain freeze. I can't remember any other album. Brain uh, freeze. That that typical. Brain, yeah. I've... <laughs> terminology for when you can't remember. I'm eating a slush puppy. <laughs> um, That's not related. Paradise. Yeah. I do Para- fucking Paradise. hate that it's called that. Though I've always hated that. Paradise. And then. <laughs> Complete surrender. surrender. Complete surrender. And then. The one we did last year. I can't remember the names of any of your albums, that's gone. I looked all these up as well. I know I the name I'm of lying. every sketch you've ever done. Oh, come on. Uh, what was the last album? One Day All of This Won't Matter Anymore, it's called. Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Some of your finest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? No. Uh, what was my favorite? I don't, you know I like all the old, old yeah, stuff. I know, you know, you're all the, all the, no, but I really like, um, I like the way you changed, changed mm. it up and Two Lost Cousins, I think, is an absolute banger and, and mm-hmm. that, that stuff. But at the moment, mm. girl gone solo on my ass. <laughs> yes. My wife. <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> my wife. Your wife. Your, wi- Your wife yes. is your uh, latest debut solo. Does this mean uh, you're going solo for good here or...? You don't know, you can't, sure, you can't really. Um, um, no, I think we, it's weird seeing 
middling indie bands announce that they're splitting up, I always fight because I'm like, yeah, but if you get that gig that's 5k, sure, <laughs> you can definitely go and play it, can't you? Really, that's so we're not splitting up, we will still do gigs for money. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a really classy way to go, isn't it? Oh, yeah, just, just Madison Square Gardens ring you up, you know, you're probably going to play the gig. Yeah, I don't get, I think breaking <clears> up. I just think it seems like a strange thing to do. But I also feel like that in relationships. I'm like, why don't we just do all the things? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to announce this. Um, but yeah, it's... So your new track though, where's it? I've seen the oh. video, I love the video. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's gone down as well as I Oh hoped. no. Yeah, but that never happens though, does it? Never happens. You're never gonna be I happy. directed it, that's why. So I'm like, this is <sighs> genius. And then if it's anyone, anyone doesn't think it is, I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> and then you, I go, maybe I'm wrong. You include, I imagine there's, there's probably some people that have seen the video that can't quite understand why you've got you eating chicken in there and the baby oil references and stuff like that. Mm. I know what it is, because I'm friends with you. Also, if you follow her, Becky on uh, Instagram, there's gonna be people that mm. know what you're chatting about. But do you want to just explain a little bit about well, the video? I also think that you don't have to make sense all the time. Like, my favorite videos are like, you know when Kanye West does like ridiculous, bizarre, operatic mm. kind of videos, like, that's what I'm always trying to do. On but there's people on the web going, budget. Hmm? people on the web get frustrated down there when they don't know what's going on they yeah go, they really do I want to know the meanings yeah. of this tell me what the hell it is well but there is meaning video. there is meanings behind this yeah, yeah, no, not, not that it needs some my, bo- my body is that video so it's like I'm eating chicken with protein so I've got to get lean I've got to get uh, sort of like the song is about being a piece of meat to married men basically like something happens when you hit your late 30s as a woman <laughs> where loads of married people just like deaf I want to fuck you really badly mm. and that's fine and uh, I it just started to be happening too many times in a row a couple of years ago and I was like but you're not in your late 30s by the way you're 30 no I meant like, did I say late 30s I meant yeah. late 20s like well, as soon as you're like not a young girl anymore yeah yeah then something weird happens and it's like a sort of is catnip really great for the cats do they really love it they go. Catnip if I go like it's like catnip to married men, I feel like I'm. Oh yeah, yeah, that or works. Or I'm yeah, what yeah. like. No cat. Well, <laughs> cat, catnip, catnip to cats is like cocaine. Yeah. To, so I become catnip to yeah. married men, and it start. It's like it pretty consistently feels. Uh, it's very depressing being, the sort of sexualized or desired, but like none of these fuckers ever love me. Mm. They love like much quieter, nicer ladies. And uh, so the video was me sort of saying like, um, I'm a, this goddess, um, oh, but only if I keep up with appearances. So, yeah. And the baby oil is not really relevant. It's just I wanted to touch those people. Um, yeah, the mus- <laughs> very muscly. Uh... She's so amazing. Mm. Soleil. Uh, and and yeah, the idea, so the idea I'm on the uh, chaise long, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. all these, you know, I'm being, I'm being gifted all this, all the stuff, everything I would want, which is a juicer and a, <laughs> and a pizza and perfume and flowers and a pineapple, uh, but then everyone leaves. Yeah. And I'm just left with the gifts. I really, I really like the tune. Um, have you, are you releasing any more soon? As so the tune. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the whole idea is I'm just going through all this shit again, trying to get a record deal and yeah. trying to get a fan base. And I've gone right back to the start, which is very different when you're 30 and then when you're 18 in like Charles's parents' garage. Now it's like, everyone wants paying <laughs> to mm. play. No one's just like, oh yeah, I'd love to come to the green room <laughs> and play some songs, play my bass that I got when I was th- like 13. Um, so I'm just trying to do all that. I'm trying to do things my way because Slow Club was a com- constant compromise which produced some great things but it was also quite sort of debilitating creatively sometimes. But I'm trying to keep myself... I'm so neurotic and obsessed, obsessive that I'm like, just go steady. Because being let f- loose and free is um, yeah. great but it can also be... But you, you're doing other bits, aren't you? You've got some theatre yeah 
stuff going on? Is Can you talk about that at all? Is that Well, I'm just anything? throwing all the shit at the wall, hoping... Because what I would quite like is for music to not end up being... Circle was my priority. The only thing I did, I lived and breathed it. I never stopped thinking about it since I turned 19 or whatever. Mm. And music now is... Not that I'm money motivated, but... It, you can't, it's logistically stu- stupid yeah. uh, endeavour. <laughs> it really is. You can't... It's very hard to make money from it nowadays. There's such a gap between like people that do and people that don't. Um, so I just desperately want to get good at something else. I'm like, also, oh, what am I good at? I feel like I wasted 10 years of my life because I didn't learn anything. But I actually learned loads about how to be on stage and shit like that. So I was like, let's try and apply that elsewhere to things that maybe get paid a little bit more a little bit more consistently. Not that theatre pays well or that like writing pays well, but it's... Well, we, we've cast you, out not we, in our mm. um, I don't... <laughs> pilot episode, Don't Tape Over, which I've mentioned, I talked a little bit about with Ben Target. We so are, fair. we're making a... <laughs> everyone loves Ben. Um, Why is he so attractive there? Uh, I think it's his eyes, it's his eyes and, and his intensity. And the sort of cadence of his speech. Yeah. I'm sexually attracted mm. to him. I've told him straight up. I don't mm. care, man. You know what I mean? It's 2017. You know, like, Look, if I want to tell a man that I find him deeply attractive, I will. I told Matt Lucas the other day that, in a message of a Twitter, I said, I'm a straight man, and yet I found Darren Brown deeply attractive. He never replied. Anyway. I this is a whole other podcast. Yeah, no. I, uh, but you're not a straight man. I'm not. No. I'm not. Well, I just, I just like... The sooner you, that stops being a thing, the just better. get rid of the label. You're just a man, dude. I mean, maybe you're not even that. Um, well, you know, <laughs> at certain are. angles, <laughs> you can't quite tell. Um, but we've well, going back to. Okay, I'm in your I, show. I'm going to ruin your show. Oh no 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 no! Chat away. But I just want to talk about. No, I mean, we were talking about your show. Oh yeah, you're going to ruin. And I said I'm going to ruin it. Oh, of course, it. yeah, you're going to ruin that. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the acting, we've mm. cast you, because I've known Becky for a long time, and we've uh, done a lot of comedy together, really, haven't we? When, we, when, I, was, catalog, yeah. when I was 18, we put together a show, me and Ryan Howes, uh, at the Library Theatre in Sheffield. It's irrelevant, and we cast Becky straight away. No, it's not the real story. <laughs> oh. Matt had a girlfriend. Yeah. But- Go on. No, you. I I had a, a girlfriend that was not very happy with the girl that we originally cast <laughs> because that girl had a bit of a crush on me. So I said, well, do you know any other actresses? And she said, yeah, actually I do, Rebecca Lucy Taylor. So we got you down, and you were perfect for Barmaid yeah. 2. And, uh... <laughs> Barmaid 2, girlfriend, wife, It was a, yeah. receptionist. All those roles that I then played often. This was for you. a this was a live sketch show that we completely wrote and <laughs> promoted ourselves. It was amazing. I look back it was at that. Amazing. And I think that's brilliant. And then a year later we did it again and, and Becky was in it. I'd gained a lot of weight. You were in love. I was in love and I was also on beta blockers. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> And that ballooned. <laughs> Bloody beta blockers. So no longer was I like sexy girlfriend, I was like Fat girlfriend, fat receptionist. Uh, fat barmaid fat too. Wife, fat barmaid too. Fat barmaid too. I mean, you were yeah. one, I'll give you that, because you were the, the only... No, I'm fat barmaid one, yeah. The only barmaid in there. But still, it was great, and my talent shone through my obvious problems. <laughs> yes, but then we started doing sketches in London, uh, video sketches, and we got you in... It was Come Down With Me Please, we got you in there. I love that one. With Tom Pullen's voiceover, what a guy. Really good. That guy's a talent. And one of probably my favourite Seldiff sketch, the Kevin Keegan looking for K. Look, pioneering. Looking for Keegan. I put I sent that to so I finally got an acting agent and she was like, Have you got have you got Why I can't go and see? And I sent her looking for Keegan and fucking duck face. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. this is a bit <laughs> of my professional work. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But looking for Keegan I think is it's my favourite sketch yeah, though. We've definitely been making comedy together for years, whether you're just coming in and doing bit parts and that. So I think when it came to this big project that we're doing, I think it made sense to get you in. Yeah, also you were all scared of me if you didn't. Yeah, but you chilled. No, I think there was a time when you used to be quite, um, why aren't you getting me in this? Write me more parts, I want to be in it more. And then you kind of just went, I'm just going to forget it. And once you did that, we ended up come crawling back to you, didn't we? Um, And now you've actually got like a, well, you're basically the lead 
yeah. you're the lead amongst this odd town. So how do you feel about that? Are you nervous? I'm nervous. I can't wait though. Mm. I am really honoured. I'm glad. <laughs> but I don't want you to know that. No, that's fine. And I think... feel uh, this last... So like, t- it's about a year since I thought... Uh, these few opportunities were coming back in terms of acting or writing and I was like thought I want to take it more seriously and do want to say yes to things more and this feels like the perfect little feels like things in that way might not like be working out for me but like there being a little bit more forthcoming I'll promise you this the least that being in this pilot will do is it's something good to put on your showreel I know, and well, that every little helps. <laughs> is how I feel about it now. Uh, no, I really want to do it. I really love the script. I love everything you do. I always have. I even love just being on a bus with any of you. Like, Stop it. You are all still like my fave people. So, oh, bless. and even when I think about Cackthorpe, that was like the best few days of ever. Just to give you reference to people listening that. I've never heard of Cackthorpe because... Uh, because they've been under a rock! <laughs> yeah, that, and it's, there's only two DVDs in it in the world. Uh, it's not... It's not on, I don't even go on. <laughs> it's not online. Why not? I'm pretty sure it's not online. Because it was before the internet. Basically, me... Oh, God, you're so um, i got to say as well, in the second It's Relevant 2, hmm. John Collins came in... Oh, I did that for ...as you. a writer as well. Just want to make that clear. Yes, he's listening to this and think I've completely forgotten about him. But Cackthorpe was a show that I think me and Ryan and John all kind of wrote together. But we wrote it for my brother was doing a project at uni and he was having to direct something. So he was like, "Do you want to direct? Can I direct Cackthorpe basically for my thing?" Yeah. So that's that. So two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. And it's this is basically a show that's set at the seaside with weird characters in it. I love it. I still love it. <laughs> and oh, that's the problem because all the achievements I've made in music or whatever, they still don't compare to like walking down onto Blackpool Beach in a mermaid costume having to lay being a dead mermaid at like the break of dawn. For some reason I like that more than like four albums worth of like music that people like. (laughs) (laughs) Also that gag. So um, the gag was that a a mermaid had washed up on shore. I think that was the gag. It was just that there was, was a dead mermaid. Just a dead mermaid. So you got in a sure. mermaid costume, which I don't know if you can... That mermaid costume was shit. Yeah, you kind of can't work out that you're a mermaid. No, I just look like a badly dressed person. So ideally, what do you think? I mean, you, you, you've you gone solo artist. You obviously yeah. want some good to come out of that for a bit, I imagine. Yeah, no, I do. I want What I want is to... So I'm playing live. That's why I'm going after this, is to rehearse. So I've got a new show. And then from that, hopefully... Um, I just want someone to give me enough money so I can release it and pay a band and tour. I want to do the same as what I did in Slow Club, really, but just for it to take a little bit less time because I'm an older lady now. So I want to... The tip, The difficult thing is I still want to be like an absolute huge superstar. And there's a high chance I won't be. And I've got to just work around that. So I'm trying to believe... In, I'm just trying to make myself believe I'm actually happy with just being creatively successful. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's a new bag of nerves doing the live stuff now on your mm. own? It's like a whole different... Yeah, I don't know what to do. The, the, there's so much, All the things that I always wanted to do in Slow Club and I never could, I can now do. But in a way, being angry about not being able to do something is easier than being able to do it. <laughs> I always thought one of the great things about you in Slow Club doing live is your banter that you used to have with the audience. Mm. You'd have them in stitches, mate. I know, but listen, it's not hard. Right. People get nervous when you're singing. So all my songs are so about like how I feel. And they're all so serious. And they're all so sort of sad. And then when you're doing that and people are invested in that, they're sort of going to hang off every word. Because I think something weird happens where you're being empathetic to the point of, like, no one wants to have me... You know how, like, even at comedy nights, I'm like, I feel bad for people, so I'll just laugh. It's that sort of intention, I think. Okay. But also, like, obviously I'm, like, uh, humorous. So you're saying you're trying to break the tension almost of... Well, I developed this sort of 
way of being on stage which was to be like well mm. um, in between not to break attention but more like because we was doing everything on such a sort of small budget and things went wrong all the time pretty soon I started to notice like when I was taking myself very seriously as an artist and then like some it fall over or like my mic could cut out it was just so painfully embarrassing and you just looked like a knob I just felt so dreadful that I had to go like I'll take the piss before you can and then okay so and you, that's what I'm like in life because so many things go wrong uh, I'd rather have like joked before anyone can say it behind my back or whatever so it's kind of self-deprecating yeah yeah but painfully so to the point that's not good for me I don't think and now going solo a lot of uh, few trusted sort of allies have been like don't make everything funny you know oh really yeah and I'm like really that's scary but suppose if you can't help because no, I feel program. like you just have to say something yeah. like if something happens that yeah. I, don't, other, I don't know if yeah. that's, that's solid advice I mean I, I could see it being like oh if you want to be like a serious pop um, star well you always go like look at David Bowie or look at Prince or look at Kate Bush I guess people that I'd like miserable love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they never had to go oh true but I know I that that's what's nice about me or whatever I know that's yeah. what people like if they like anything <laughs> so I, I, and I can't help it because that's who, who I am now and it's like literally too late to try and make any new paths inside me but um, but I do want to be taken more seriously Slow Club was a, it was a massive mechanism to be like lol 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 in between songs but it was also to the detriment, I think, sometimes. You ever thought about doing stand-up? Yeah, I used to, years ago. I think you're pretty good. Yeah, but, but, but then that's another one. It's like, but then what? Why? Why? What does it achieve? When do you ever get paid? Never. True. What's the What's the goal? Yeah. Telly. Telly's stupid. Get I don't want to be like a token woman on a panel show. I, don't, I mean, of course I will take that call and I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I I just meant as a bit of a lethar like a cathartic cathartism lethargism. I was going to say lethargism I, I do enough of that um, solo do a, I really exercise my lethargy <laughs> a lot but no, then I, I, I imagine no. it, it was quite nervous no, I mean stand up's horribly nervous I've genuinely so. considered it very often I've written it I've, you know this is years ago though so probably around the same time I stopped asking you guys to get me in things yeah. I was like when do, when do things you're good at become like your job or whatever like uh, that's not a very good way of saying that but like yeah alright I'm funny sometimes and and then I'm like oh I'm funny so I need to I need to I be need funny, to be funny like quick and prove how funny I am all the time and um, like I'm already, I'm already doing that with music yeah and that's already killed music almost for me so like I think with you is that it's not so much um, having to make people laugh all the time it's more of having a laugh makes you happy yeah. yes it does Just and also like I like to feel comfortable when I feel uncomfortable around people it's because they are probably doing what I wish I could do which is be aloof and smart and smarter than you and get it a bit more than you um, uh, but I feel so shit about myself um, in their company I can't bear not making everyone else feel comfortable but that is a bad thing like I was at a wedding on Saturday and you used to get sat around a table with people you don't know Ugh. and I'm like I'm tired and I don't you know like I wasn't drinking as well which didn't help but it was like no one's saying anything and I'm I, I thought just don't you say anything either just you sit there too because like I didn't want to but then I literally was like I'm going to explode unless I look at my phone because oh, no one was talking no one was talking and so then I went so what do you do next door and I'm being like joke 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 all the jokes at my expense and it was the best best man speech you ever gave <laughs> <laughs> would you say um, would you say you're proud of yourself no no do you know you're not proud I'm at proud all? when I I'm proud I'm still going I'm proud that I'm uh... I'm really not proud of my achievements. Really? Yeah. 
I don't think I've done anything where near what I wanted to, and that's that's part of my depression. Do you think people feel would be blown away by hearing that? Well, it's all it's it's, it's all relative. So like, it's relative to, to you, yeah. Mm. So in like, <clears throat> like like at a table at a wedding of people that um, have more normal normal in yeah, she's doing um, bunny ears um, lives like. It's all, oh, you know, and, I, and I'm like, I feel like an arsehole here talking about how I just got back from, I'd been in Madrid, luckily, filming a music video, which is very rare. <laughs> but that sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. And accomplished. But. If anything, you don't want to talk about it sometimes. Well, I feel like I sound like a knobhead talking about it, but, but what I mean, what, in those circles, yeah, I sound accomplished, but to... Any my peers or anyone being more successful in my uh, field, it's like so what, and then and then you, and then I'm so, I'm so obsessively looking at what is success. So the success I dream of is very different to like being uh, being in a getting married and having a child or whatever and having family and. That, that's what you think is. That's what? just the other version of it, isn't it? Like that feels like no matter what I do or no matter what I achieve still not going to be anything on what like having a baby is to my parents if life was about like I don't know completing an artistic idea then I'd be nailing life because I've done lots of finishing things Mm. but no I'm not proud of myself because I think I'm a knobhead Still, I just make terrible decisions to this day. I think that's just. I think oh, yeah. everyone has that. I suppose when you're in more creative fields, you you take it more personally. If you we're quite uh, emotional people, and I suppose we talk about it a lot more. Yeah. And it sounds like oh, we're the only one talking about it. It must be me. I'm going bonkers. But then you get yeah. people that are blowing their brains out because they're not. Yeah. Talking about it and they're just going, I, I fucked up. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, forty yeah. and I'm doing this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like for you, the fact that you have maintained a career, mm. which is for a lot of musicians coming up, that would be just to be able to do that as a day job. Mm. Mm. No, would, would yeah. be pretty good. I remember that first gig, that first tour with Hot Club to Parry, and they played all the rooms they played were full people seeing the words back, and those rooms were like night and day cafe in Manchester or a small room at Lead Mill, and I was like oh, if I could only do this. And so I could definitely do that. And it's yeah. like, but I'm still really skinned. Yeah. <laughs> and touring is horrible when you're doing it on a budget. And then factor in, like, my mental health, which which is a, you know, makes it ten times harder for me to get in the van than it does for everyone else around me. And they're like, just like... Yeah, it feels unsuccessful because every day is so hard and horrible and weird. And I, and I crave a normal job and doing normal things. But now I've ruined that for myself because that would be a failure in my head. So I'm just running <laughs> completely. I know what you mean, though. But then I feel like if you were to get a normal job and then you'd be sat there going, God, this is shit. The, no, exactly. The yeah. normal, inverted yeah. brackets. Yeah. Um, it's that sense of never being happy with whatever you've got. No. I think I, be, I feel like I will never ever. If be you will, uh, yeah, unless I have a baby. <laughs> yes, and Is then that I'm a... on a hammock with the baby, and the baby definitely thinks I'm. Are cool. you craving babies? Do you think? No, not physically, but I'm really worried that um, it, uh, I w- if I don't do it, uh, mm. I'll be like too old to have one, and be like, it'll be the thing that's driving me the most insane. It's one hell of a chat line. Well, yeah, but I also actually don't think about it and they're like, oh, I need to meet the red guy and the baby or, or anything like that because now I'm um, living like I live and I'm like, and science will provide me with the baby. Anyway, I'd have one on my own if I had to. Would you think you'd prefer to just um, get pregnant and bring the kid up on your own or with... Well... With a... Because I, I remember my brother... Saying before he had kids, he was kind of like, I want to be a single dad. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's quite an interesting mm. thing, is it? Yeah, I do it, I do it. Or, or, or now I'm like a little bit obsessed with thinking about adopting and how important that would be 
mm-hmm. how you should do that if you can and all that shit. But then I get a call going like, oh, do you want to come and play the fairy in the panto and for three months? Of course, in the Oxford. fairy in the panto. And I'm oh, like, oh well. yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, and then I totally go, oh, I'm being slightly successful again. Um, I'm fuck having a baby. <laughs> it's like it's like baby is literally plan B, and that's what it shouldn't be. So that's uh, yeah, I forgot about this. You're you're playing the fairy in the is yeah. it is it in Margate? No, it's in right. Oxford. Oxford, I'm gonna come and see it. Yeah, well, I'm there every Christmas being a fairy playing that plays the drums. Every Christmas. No, this Christmas, all the way over it. Oh, you're doing all the December. Give me the it's dates. Like no, you've no. got to plug. You've got to plug the show. You're on. This is this is going to go to fives and fives. Mid November to mid January. I don't know what will happen, but what I mean is, or you, anything exciting, I get, I go, ah, fine, cool, yeah, I'll do that instead. I'm not. No, really I, know, I know what you mean. I, I worry about. I'm like, oh, I, kids. Imagine I, in my head, and this sounds horrible. It's like as soon as I have kids, my life is over. Mm. As mm. in terms of what I wanted to do with my life. Which is quite a, I don't know, it's quite a lot of pressure on you to, obviously for the other partner, whoever you're mm. going to have a kid with, they're like, well, you know, at some point I'm going to want to do that. And I think maybe I do, but also I'm just so self-centered right now. Yeah, I'm like, same, I wanna, same. I've got to do this pilot. <laughs> That's yeah. the main goal that I want to do. But then I, so I feel like this and then, I would recently what I'm trying to do is go, just stop being so negative in your own talking to yourself. You know that Bojack episode where he's like, I don't want to do You don't? No. Oh my god. It's so you. You can explain it though, right? Just there's an episode where they've obviously made this conscious decision to have his internal monologue. And his internal monologue is so like mine. And then loads of people's, obviously, where he's like, like, you're a stupid piece of shit. You got that wrong. You fuck that up. Like, you fuck everything up. And it's like constantly, I'm like, God, that is how I speak to myself all the time. I'm like, it's so constant how negative I am towards myself. So I go, ah, oh, you're so pathetic for wanting a career instead of you know just just wanting to be happy or mm-hmm. you know blah, blah blah. And I'm like, or just stop saying that and go, I'm just doing this and that's what I'm doing, so that's all right as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad though. I think that if you can come to the conclusion that you're never going to be happy in life. No, I yeah, I don't mean come you, to that conclusion. You specifically, no, I I'm just mean... me specifically. Matt, get it right. What did I say? No, it's one of my jokes. Oh. That's literally my main joke. What? Someone says specifically, I'm like, specifically. Specifically? Well, I, I correct them as if specifically is the right term, but it isn't. That's why it's funny. Ah. <laughs> No, I'm just used to getting... I get words wrong all the time. That's it, um, kind of don't work with you because you I've get general fear. Yeah, yeah, I'm general, <laughs> generally scared that I suffer from You're some nice. form of speech dyslexia, which is not good when you're trying to make a podcast. Um, <laughs> what was I saying there? You interrupted me. As long as... Was I saying that... You were saying something if you could become, specific. Yeah, not, I was saying not specifically you. Yes. But there is a certain thing that I think you've got to get to the point where you go, well, do you know what? Maybe... The idea of what I thought I'd, or where I thought I'd be right now, is different to where I'm at. But let's make the most of what yes. you're doing. Because you're playing mind. a fairy in um, in Pantomime. I'm about to be in your pilot. You're about to be in the Don't Tip Over pilot. Comedy event of the century. It's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. You're solo projecting now. Yeah. <laughs> with your new bag of tunes. How many, how many tunes have you got? I've got so many tunes. There's, I've got like 25 songs. Have you really? Yeah, but all of them, only half done because there's no budget from a label yet. So you can only sort of get someone to help you make music for so long without paying them. Kickstarter. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sort of saving my Kickstarter card for the right time. Because I know how good that is and how useful it is, but I... I want to exhaust all my other avenues first because there'll be some time soon I'll just need it to pay my own rent. <laughs> you could um, do a nudie calendar. I've genuinely thought and almost made a Domino's calendar where I'm nude but like different like, bits of Domino's are on What, me. and would Domino's sponsor you do you think for that? Well, yeah, and I just tried to get in touch with them. This is a few years ago though now. But I might do a calendar. Might do... So self-esteem, the project in itself is... Um, the self-esteem is Rebecca's... Oh, it's like band, I guess you would call it. I, it was either... I've always called everything that wasn't Slow Club 
put it under the self-esteem. So when I did an art exhibition, it was called self-esteem and things like that. So the music is like bright eyes, but it's just him, isn't it? So it's like yeah. that. Everything about that is sort of being like um, true to just being a very great big slab of me. Um, and massive part of my struggle about feminism and things and um, I look like a great big blown up sex doll <laughs> and instead of battling phys- that, physically yeah I've always been just such as this great big woman I'm huge you know right and um, <laughs> in, a, in a nice way yeah no in, in a yeah. way that's like tall a lot of, and busty uh, yeah and curvy. busty <laughs> was it uh, busty is, is busted that word anymore? I don't. I That's really funny, Matthew. I don't know what you can say, can and can't say. No, it's true. I'm very busted. But uh, what's the vivacious one? What's that word? That I'm... Voluptuous. Voluptuous is that one? Yeah. But yeah, voluptuous. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm too big for every situation in my, in my mind. Like fifty foot woman, you know, like <laughs> thing. Anyway, all those things I've battled against for years, like literally, like minimize the bras and like never wear I never wear used to wear like lipstick or anything because I was like or dresses that accentuated anything about me because I'd be like trying to trying to hide yeah just counterbalance probably something stemming from Fagin's gang era yeah um but but now I've learned that you can be super hyper sexy um and if you have like one thing that's just a little bit off then you can get away with it so I actually really enjoy being like super duper hyper glamour 90s supermodel sort of Not that I look like a model, but like, you know what I mean? Like all the trappings of glamour, but um, just have one thing off enough so you're not intimidating. Mm. So everything about, I don't know how I got into this. We're talking about Domino's uh, pizza. Yeah, so so I want to do do things that are those like archetypal. Oh, sorry about the squeaking. Uh, Becky's just on her knees, up up on the chair now. She's uh, all over the place. I need a wing, so I'm trying to... Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, We're going to wrap it up soon. um, Yes, I want to do all those things, but have just enough reality. Because I'm very sexy, but I'm also very disgusting. And so as long as you get an equal measure of both of those things. And I think a lot of women probably feel like that. Like we, I don't want to have to go, I don't want to be attractive or um, I don't want to wear a dress or lipstick all this mm. sort of this is a really bad way of talking about it but I, I don't think feminism enough. in the way that we need to pedal it forward needs to renounce all the things that well, yeah we've been trained to believe we like that's fine but it's too far gone now so it's like I've, I've lost my train of thought that's fine I just want to ask you a quick question um, you have a Domino's box in the music video mm. for your, your wife, wife. Um, did that? Did you have to ask him about that? No, well, everyone's obsessed with asking me that. Really? Well, like two people asked me. <laughs> I did have a Topshop bag in it as well because my my dream present is a Topshop gift card. By the way. Wow. I just think that's the greatest gift you can give anyone. You're just ideal for every crap family boy. member of yeah, a yeah, crap yeah. boyfriend. But I don't get enough of them. I really don't. But in the, so the idea in the video was that everyone was bringing me all my the, the all the gifts I really want, and one of that was a what well, was a Topshop bag. So we took that out because we thought that's too obvious. But Domino's have not said anything, and I don't think they will. Oh, it's free advertising, isn't it? Well, I'm a small blip in the... I'll tell you this, though. Do you know that Greg's do a gift card now? See, I don't... If I'm going to go there, calorie-wise, it's not going to be at Greg's. But just think of that. A Greg's gift card. Oh, okay. No, that is good. It's foul, isn't it? But also brilliant. <laughs> no, How but... you get a hundred quid on <laughs> I bought you this. No, I wouldn't. Hundred quid, Greg's gift. No, I wouldn't want it. No, but I would have a Domino's one, or I'd have like a curry house down the road one. <laughs> That'd be nice, would it? Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, yeah, my calories when I have them need to be very specifically the ones that I'm gonna really enjoy, like way more than anything else in the world. <laughs> okay. Which would be Domino's. Well. Is Don't end on that, that's terrible. No, I'm not going to end on that. Ugh. I was going to ask you if there's anything you wanted to plug. Um, well, no. Just just keep following me on all the social medias. 
because as I am about to probably go into record labels and beg them to give me cash, I think it's all about the numbers now. It I, is. I don't know, because the kids are saying the stats, and you need to have good stats. I'm trying to get more followers for this on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only so much I can do, babe. <laughs> I, you know, I've got like 42 people. I fluctuate between 40 and 42 because occasionally some people... You're losing it. <laughs> I'm losing people. I but I don't, I don't to... have a reason at the moment to... To do no, I don't I think, understand Twitter. I, I, like, I think for nobody like me, it's not good. Like, I seldom differ Twitter's got more because obviously people can see what we're doing. You need to just tweet more. I know. But don't try. That's what. I'm, that's my, the key to my success. Yeah. Um. Twitter advice with. Twitter advice. That's so sad because that's literally the only thing I've like achieved is like. Maybe that's what you could do. Go into like Twitter yeah, yeah. chats. Tell people how to. That'll be the future. It'll be, ch- it'll be so coming into an office and going, "Hello, today we're gonna tell you how to get more followers on Twitter." Oh my god! Two hundred fifty pound course. You're leading Maybe. it. Maybe you'd love it. I wouldn't. I'd then I'd be blowing my brains. <laughs> um, no, go and I'm gonna release music. Buy it. But I know you won't. You'll so, listen to it on Spotify. So what? If any plan that you have mm. for the next couple of years, what is it you want to be doing? What's gonna make you happy? What's going to make you sad? Getting paid. <laughs> I, I, just, I exist on the edge of hope. So, And you'll feel the same, surely. It's like comedy, music, any form of performance. Like The promise of the next thing that's going to happen is, is the best bit. So as long as like I'm still existing on the edge of hope, I'll be happy. And the way to exist there is to be to finish project. I'm a big believer in just like finishing something. So consistently finishing and starting. Yeah. Hopeful projects is where I want to be. I'm paid. <laughs> Trying to get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to shooting Don't Tape Over with you. I think that's going to be a treat. Yeah, do we have any kissing scenes? Um, no. That's very rare. Yeah. Well, we always joke about this, but I'm pretty sure there's only been one and you wrote that one. <laughs> There's always a joke that I I write that's all the scenes true. that we're snogging. Ryan... It's not. That's, that's really funny and really true. That's the actual reality. I often come close to kissing Ryan in things, though. Yeah. That's what Ryan's written. Oh, he's writing the shit out of them. There's, yeah, there's none of that in this thing. Can I kiss you? <laughs> right, nice kiss. <laughs> right, nice kiss. Sorry, listeners, we're just laughing at our yeah. own jokes. You should check out you the... Can see on the... <laughs> yeah, check out Looking for Keegan uh, on YouTube to watch that, to see Becky uh, perform. And she's going to be performing more with us. Becky, it's been an absolute treat. It has, hasn't it? Thanks for meeting me. You're welcome. That red letter day is well spent by Tina, your mum. The opportunity to sit in a room with me. <laughs> <laughs> Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to sit in an office with loads of drilling noises and chat to Becky Taylor. Well, congratulations. You did it. And I'm going to get the last word. So no. it, it's like an assembly when you had to clap. And did you ever do that? You did a round of applause in assembly and then... Didn't you have to do that? What, and trying to have the last clap? Trying to be the last clap. And then there'd be some, amount of some fucker else doing it. And you'd be like... <laughs> Didn't you have that? Like bogus, taking numb. And like if a teacher could tell you were doing it, you'd be like... Fuming. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Can we go have a pint? I don't have to set off for... Yeah. All right. 20 mins. Thanks, Becky. Becky. Bye now. <laughs> Who's Becky? There you go, Rebecca Lucy Taylor. And I think she actually got the last word in there, which has really annoyed me. Um, so I need to just need to make a note of that to give her a call and have a word with her about that. Anyway, that's not that's not to do with you. Don't worry about that. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation and you should check out um, Self Esteem and follow her. You know, do all that on Insta and Twitter and all that jazz. You know what to do. Uh oh, here comes the plugs and admin. <laughs> Listen, I say it every time. Please add me on Twitter at Matt Skillington. Add my comedy group at Seldom Differ. Followers on Facebook. Seldom differ comedy. Ooh, also, as well, before I forget, some of you have left some reviews and five-starred me. Thank you so much to them, people. If you would like to do the same, and I really encourage that you do, you can review, but you've got to do it through the iTunes app rather than the podcast app. I know, I know, it's crazy. You've got to open it in iTunes and you've got to go 
through that way and you can leave a review and give me a five star that would be really good i'd really appreciate it as the sponsors don't seem to be getting in touch it's it's tough to run this business so um all of that stuff helps thank you i'm chatting on if you're listening to this point then you really are a scaliva next week's guest will be joe morrow or as he's known on stage joe morose uh, he is a cabaret compere and we talk about we i spoke to him for about two hours i couldn't put it all in but he is a right laugh and his job is amazing so tune in next week and a big thank you to my producer ryan howes as always and thanks for listening Cue the music. Leave it or not, I've just talked on air And I've probably drunk my tea I've chatted the breeze in my hope that you cared Who could it have been? Leave it or not, it was just me Thank you ladies and gentlemen, good night!